Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I've got with me Chris Vines today. Good to be here, Dan. It's been a long week, and we haven't seen each other. I know. I love these podcasts. It's an opportunity for us to kind of share. We spend about, well, today I think we spent almost an hour talking before we started recording. Um, it's a chance for us to just to share. And I hope that you have somebody that you're connecting with. If you're in student ministry, you need somebody. You need somebody that you can talk to about what's happening, maybe in your family or your ministry or your church, whatever it is, you want to be connecting. It's one of the big things that we're focused here on at Student Ministry Matters. And so we'd encourage you to connect with us. You can do that through our social media platforms, but specifically, we have a Facebook group called Student Ministry Matters Community, and it's a place where we can just share questions, ideas, comments. I love to the, when those things to start happening, and then people bring up, say, I've got this student that's facing this, and it's a great way to do that. Today is just a few days before Halloween 2021. And we wanted to provide you a spooky episode. We're going to talk about scary things in student ministry. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Before we do that, though, let me share with you about our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. CBC is challenging, inspiring, engaging. It's a place that your student can go to, learn about a vocation, something that they want to do for a lifetime, but it's going to be Christ-focused as they go through there. The, the professors care about the students. They care about their spiritual well-being. I'm always excited to talk to Duffy Guyton. He's the director of church relations there at Central Baptist College. He's also one of the pitching coaches for the baseball team, and he'll share with me about how he is talking to those guys about Christ and what that looks like and how that impacts them. And so I just encourage you to check out CBC. You can find information at cbc.edu. Point your students in that direction. But then perhaps you're wanting to finish up a degree, something that you you worked on for a little bit but didn't get all the way through. CBC is a place that you can get, you can do that. They have a PACE program. It's a fantastic opportunity for you, so I'd encourage you to check out all of that at cbc.edu. Well, Chris, again, Halloween's just around the corner. This is going to be our special Halloween episode. So I've got to ask, how do you handle Halloween at Garrett Memorial Baptist Church in Hope, Arkansas? What does that look like for you guys? Well, we have these rubber band guns, and whenever we see a person in a costume, we shoot them with the rubber band. That is fantastic. Yeah. No, we don't do that. All you people who don't get sarcasm out there, I'm joking. Man, we, I mean, listen, it's Halloween, you know, and, uh, I mean, my kids, my kids do the trick-or-treating thing, you know. I think one of them's going to be a Minecraft kid this year, and the other one's going to be probably a Power Ranger. I don't know. And, um, you know, so as a church, uh, we don't we do not do a trunk-or-treat uh, simply because there are several other churches in our 
community that do that. Right. Um, and so we, we try to, we try to follow what the community's doing. And we also, this is not something that we organize. It's just something that kind of organically happens. I mean, we've got families in our, in our community that are, that are in just kind of those, those neighborhoods where all the, the Halloween trick or treaters go. And, uh, and so our, I mean, our families normally, uh, are gathering together in those neighborhoods. They're, they're handing out candy. I mean, we're, we're interacting with people, um, that kind of stuff. I mean, just being a part of the community. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. what we, that's just kind of what we do. So we don't try to, uh, I, I guess, cut against the grain and, and, and act like Halloween is the worst thing in the world. And, and but we also don't try to over spiritualize it, so to speak. And, and I hope that doesn't sound bad because I'm not, I'm not dissing or downing anybody who does trunk or treats. I think those are great. We go to those too. Right. Uh, we just don't want to interfere with what other churches have done for years. I mean, that's that's their thing, and man, they they're going to do it well, and so we want to let them do it well. And then we we just kind of gather in our communities and trick or treat and have have dinner and 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 just have a fun time in the community. So does that make sense? I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of how we, that's how that's how we handle it. Um, you know, I, I, mean, I think every church just kind of has to find that that sweet spot for them because it's kind of a weird holiday. It's something that almost everybody's involved in in one form or another. Yeah. But it is, it really, its basis is kind of, you know, it's not exactly a Jesus holiday by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and so no. now we do, I will say this, we do make much of Reformation Day, which is, oh, okay. which is October 31st. Um, that is the day that uh, historically Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses on the church door in Wittenberg. And so um, now we don't have like a quote unquote church reformation day. We don't celebrate that, but we do, you know, we make sure that, uh, we're mentioning that we talk about it here right, and there, right. you know, that kind of thing. Last night we're, we're recording this on a Thursday. And so last night was, was Wednesday and we had our, our annual, what's called boo in Bodka. So that's another way that our church does handle, handle Halloween since I've been here. I mean, this is, I think this is either our seventh or eighth year to do this. Uh, I, one of our pastors is, uh, a farmer owns a huge farm out in Bogka, Arkansas, and uh, it's called Miracle Farms. He's got a pumpkin patch. He's got the whole nine yards, all this kind of thing. Every October, he's got these family fun days on Saturday where, I mean, he's got upwards of 1,000 to 1,500 people coming through his wow. uh, through his gates uh, for these family fun days. Well, one Wednesday night in October, we will go out there and have our hayride, s'mores, hot dog when you roast and all that kind of stuff. And last night was that night and we call it boo in bot call. So it's just the time that we go have our little, I guess, fall festival type thing, you know? So anyway, there's a corn maze. And so they, you know, kids always like running through the corn maze at night and that kind of stuff. So yeah, we just did that. That was fun. I'm just remembering back to seventh or eighth grade. I was at a church in Springdale. I remember it was a Halloween event. Now this always seemed a little strange to me looking back on it, but it was a Halloween event for a church. It was something similar to this, like a boo and vodka, you know, that, that sort of thing. But it was a hayride and halfway through the hayride, the trailer stops. Then all of a sudden a guy runs out of the woods with a chainsaw. And this is like a church event, but you got this, this guy screaming out of the woods with the chainsaw going and and kids scatter. I mean, it's, it is this craziness. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is happening? Dude, we did that last night. We had a guy with a chainsaw. Okay. Dude, we scared some kids out, out of their, out of their pants. It was awesome. 
So yeah, I mean, you got to have that. I had, I don't know. I had uh, six six adults, including myself. You know, we spread out on the on the route, and yeah, man, I want to. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, and so I guess that, that still happens in a place called Hope. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We don't. We're well, not, we're not going to just ride on a trailer with hay and not be scared. <laughs> Come it's on, boring, man. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well. The other things that our churches have done at the in the years past, not where I'm at now. I've, I've just marked five years here at Calvary Baptist Church in Fayetteville, Temple Baptist Church in, in Rogers. We did a variety of things. Um, we did a trunk or treat for a while, and it was just kind of blew our minds as many people would come out, and uh, we were a bit overwhelmed by the number of people who came. We weren't, weren't quite ready for it, so it was a fantastic. If we want to look at numbers, it was a real big success. Uh, one of the other things that we did was we would have, if it fell on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, we would have an event inside of the church, meaning that they would take building our rooms in the education uh, building and they would decorate them like Adam and Eve, Jonah and the whale, you know, all those type of things. And then somebody would come and they would be in that room. They would tell their story and then they would give out a piece of candy that would somehow fit with that. And so that, that was neat. That was fun. Since being here, though, we, our pastor prefers to stay completely away from Halloween as an event. Um, and, I, and I understand that, that logic. And so we've done that. We have a fall fun fest, but we have actually have it at the end of September or the be- very beginning of October. There's no mention or connection to uh, Halloween in any way. It's just a way for us to reach out and love on our community. And then they come in. This year, I think one family wore costumes, and it was on October 3rd. So it was like... They were just ready to go and wanted wanted Halloween to be happening. And so, again, every church deals with that a little bit differently. Um, I think it's just important to be on the same page as your lead pastor, be on the same page as the community, and you want to honor Christ in all of it. And so if you're using it as a community outreach, man, reach out with Jesus. Show them Jesus and give them Jesus. Moments like that are opportunities for us to show people Jesus and show people that we love on them and show the community that we care about them. And so just approach it that way, you know, reach out. If it's your family's gathering in different neighborhoods, even better, because then people are coming to where they're at. They're getting to see Jesus in the community. Well, let me ask you another question before we get to our conversation. Um, Halloween candy, you know, there's always the dad tax um, that we refer to. So uh, what are your, your poor guys never get to taste at their house. <laughs> Reese's. Oh, yes. Not Reese's. Reese's. <laughs> okay. Look, I'm willing to debate anybody out there listening on this. It is not Reese's. It's Reese's. Reese's. I know. I know. There was some guy named Reese, and he decided he was going to make some candy, and it's technically his Reese, but it's Reese's. <laughs> Reese's. Yep. That's what I eat. So, what about your wife? Does she? Pull the mom tax on them. I don't let her eat candy. I just eat all of it. Oh, okay. So this is we're clear. <laughs> she likes she likes Reese's a lot too. Um, and then, unfortunately for her, very fortunate for myself, a couple of years ago she found out that she's uh, mildly allergic to peanut butter. So now all the candy comes to me. Okay. And that's. But man, she she'll go for anything chocolate. Anything chocolate. The kids, yeah. they kid, the kids, you know, they get all the good stuff like the, uh, what's that? The, the saltwater taffy and, uh, you know, the 
popcorn balls and you know all that kind of stuff that that nobody else really wants that's <laughs> that's the stuff we leave them toothbrushes and yeah toothbrushes yeah. tracks and things like that yeah. <laughs> I was thinking tracks, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, give me the chocolate give me the chocolate that's in the track that's what i want <laughs> so well my yeah. wife if it's chocolate my wife likes that uh for me i found something new i don't know how old they are i don't feel like they're that that old but they're snickers with peanut butter in them they're oh, yeah, absolutely fantastic and so yeah, That's my good. go-to. If I'll dig through a, a bag of candy, I'll be searching for that one now because they don't have that. Hey, I'll, I'll say candy. this: this is that's, that's <laughs> right. Know, that's how. That's how. That's how your church. I'll give. I'm gonna give a tip out there for everybody listening. That's how your church can can do well with Halloween. All right, you you tell your church members to get the good candy. Right oh, there, you go. Like that's all you got to do. <laughs> like just be just be. I mean, look, spend the extra money and buy the really good candy. Because people notice that every year they're going to go back to the house. Like I, I mark houses. Like if they hand me off like one little Jolly Rancher, like no, I ain't going back there. Right. But if a church gives me a handful of Snicker bars with Reese's or anything like that in it. Oh yeah. So or a full size candy bar. That was, those were the neighborhoods size. that we had. Oh my yeah. goodness. Gosh, if you want to show people Jesus, get them the full size candy bar. <laughs> That's the quote for the week. <laughs> Oh, well, on today's episode, we wanted to talk just a little bit about some scary things in student ministry. You know, Halloween is is that time when when people seem to like to be scared. Uh, They'll watch movies. They will jump out of corners uh, or they'll chase students with chainsaws at hayrides, you know, whatever it is. Uh, But unfortunately, there are a lot of scary things in student ministry, things that we run across and that we deal with. And and God calls us to not be fearful. We know that. But let's just be honest. There are some things that will be problematic. And if we want to call them things that we're fearful of, things that are scary to us, things that are problematic, uh, we can put all sorts of clinical terms on us, on them. But they're scary things in student ministry. And so I've got a short little list of five. Um, then we're going to see what Chris has got as we step through them. That, our list may line up. That's okay. Uh, but the first one that I have is lock-ins. You know, if I could have a, you know, those movie trailers that in a world where this happens, you know, it's it's going to happen at a lock-in. I've had lock-ins where they've gone incredibly smooth. But most of the time... There's drama that happens because kids get tired halfway through the night. Mm-hmm. There are things that get broken. There are facilities that get damaged. There are students that get broken. <laughs> I've had them all. And so lock-ins, you may love them. You may, um, that may be your sweet spot, but mm-hmm. it's not mine anymore. Chris, mm-hmm. I, I think you have an opinion or two about lock-ins. No, lock-ins are the scariest thing. They're, I mean, I mean, just, just think about what you just said, Dan. Yeah, I think <laughs> facilities get broken. We get broken. Yeah, stuff breaks. You know, drama, all this stuff. Like, why? Why would we do that? Why in the world do we do that? Why? Why do we? I don't know. I did it. I did it for yeah. I don't know three years, and I've I was done like several of them. <laughs> I know. I was like, you know, and. In 30 years of ministry, I've done my share of lock-ins. And I, one of the last ones that I did, maybe not the last one, but one close to the end, uh, our our educational building has, is two-story. 
yeah. and we would play a capture the flag game yeah. through here and we use nerf guns well someone shot a nerf gun from the top of the stairs down and hit a girl in the face broke her glasses oh my god and this is like one of those kids that her parents just let her come to church their parents weren't involved in church oh, and so i was like oh no this is everything's falling apart it's you know yeah. to me i that was more irritating and more yeah. of a problem than the hole they punched in a wall. <laughs> yeah. Although that wasn't good either. But yeah. again, scary things in student ministry, lock-in. So before you step off into a lock-in, be sure that you've talked with, we'll talk with one of us. We'll, we'll let you know that just don't do it. Look, so. I'm going to tell, tell you right now. Yeah, don't. <laughs> you can do something else. So you can, look, I know you think right now it's a good idea. I'm not talking to you, Dan. I'm talking to whoever's listening. Yeah. <laughs> right now you're thinking this is going to be so much fun. The kids are going to love this. We're going to have a great devotional at the beginning of it. Guys, listen, okay. Have the devotional and send them home. Like you'll save yourself so much, so much pain, so much pain. And you may even get to stay at your church longer by not having a lock in. So there is that. that. Yeah. Longevity in student ministry. Hey, in all seriousness, <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I'm being very serious. Don't do lock-ins. They're scary. <laughs> well, the second thing on my list is this. this. The scary thing in youth ministry or student ministry for me was not being cool enough. Mm. Um, I, you know, I've always struggled with, with confidence and I did not run with the cool kids back in high school, I was in band, I was in choir, I was in journalism. I was a bit on the nerdy side and I still find myself in that, that place. I'm much older and well, much older. And, and so I'm not worried about it anymore, but those first years not being cool enough, that's a bit of a scary thing. I mean, you're talking to, to a whole new generation, a whole different group of people than you, you even went to school with. And so for me, that was one of those scary things, not being cool enough. What it boils down to, though, is you're never going to be cool enough for them. I mean, you're you're telling them about Jesus. You just need to love them. Be authentically you. Mm-hmm. Be the person that God created you to be. And they'll love that. They'll hate that. Who knows? But if you care about them, they'll see that. And that's important. Yeah, that's good. Hey, Dan, I'll say this. I was, I was in that category of, it was, I think, the worst category to be in. I wasn't cool, but I thought I was cool. Oh my. <laughs> so like there's that category and everybody listen knows what I'm talking about. Like yeah. that guy who thinks he's cool, but he's not. And unfortunately I'm still in that category. We'll have a quiet moment here for you. Okay. Um, the third thing that I have on my list of scary things in student ministry is a micromanaging pastor. You may need somebody to hold your hand through your ministry and to step you through everything that you're, you're working on. But most of us don't. Most of us are, are pretty excited about what's happening, what God is doing, and, and how God is doing that through us and in the ministry we have. And so if you have a pastor who is there all the time and it's got his finger on you that can be a scary and that can be well let's just say an annoying thing but they may be well-intentioned just just have a conversation with them and then find out why and it may be that the previous youth pastor didn't do anything that he sat in his office and played video games 
and didn't care, or he was always out but wasn't out doing student ministry. You know, there may be a reason for what's happening with that micromanaging pastor. Well, the fourth thing I've got is not handling God's word properly. So, man, we just take a big shift here from things that annoy us and things that are scary for us, but this is a fear that should be on our hearts and minds. God wants us to to present his word to the students and to make sure that we're doing a good job with that, that we are handling his word properly, and that we're not just going off of what, what old sister Betty Lou told us when we were at 10, that we are taking the time to study, to know it, and to present it well. And so not handling God's word properly should be a fear of ours as we go forward. Then the one of my big fears has been, especially as I look back on student ministry in the years past, is that I have inoculated people, or specifically students, to the gospel. That I've given them just enough to think that they're good enough to get into heaven without fully trusting Jesus Christ. That in a sense that we have inoculated them against the gospel. And I I think about those that maybe took the steps, they said a sinner's prayer, they got baptized, but there was no real gospel transformation. And in that process, maybe we have inoculated them against the gospel. And so I just, I'd encourage you, man, if you're facing any of these fears, number one, uh, trust that God is in control in any of these situations. He can be, um, and he can work with you and, and through you. Uh, but also understand that some of these things we need to be mindful of. You know, one that I didn't mention um, on my little list is is parents. Parents can be a bit on the scary side, and especially as we're younger and we're trying to step through things, and we've got a parent with their finger in our face, uh, that can be scary, but again, know that God is in control and for honoring him, uh, he is going to be glorified. Chris, what would you add to this list? What are some scary things in student ministry? Well, I'm not going to add too much, Dan. I'm going to say uh, there are certain situations that are scary. Uh, of course, we could argue that some of the things that you've already mentioned, th- those are definitely situations that are scary. But what I'm talking about are particular, just those situations that you don't plan for, um, but you certainly need to anticipate. And sometimes like, so for instance, last night, our, this did not happen, but I have to anticipate this happening. You know, when you, when you come back from an event like we had, which was off campus and we get back and I'm waiting for, I want parents to be there to pick up their kids. Of course, um, there, there's always that chance of me being in the situation with, you know, a, a girl there and she being the last one there waiting on her parents. And so all of a sudden, you know, if I'm not careful, it could be myself and uh, a person of the opposite sex in that situation. And there's no third party. Well, that, those are situations that are scary to me, not because, not because I don't trust myself, but because of just the day and time that we live in the perception, you know, all of these things. And anybody who's been in student ministry, you know what I'm talking about, that these are situations that are just scary. Um, whether it be the, you know, that situation applies to the, the last person in youth group, all these kind of things. So those are just situations that we need to avoid. And, and uh, those are scary situations because of, um, of how it can be perceived by others. And so my advice to people um, who 
who maybe are finding themselves in those kind of situations more frequently than you'd like is start planning ahead for them. Maybe it means you, you have, you have more volunteers on hand and you have these volunteers, you let them know, Hey, I need you to stick around until the last kid leaves. And here's why. Um, or, you know, it's, you know, in those situations like last night, now that didn't happen to me last night, but you know, I was prepared to go up to another parent before they left the parking lot and saying, Hey, would you mind just sticking around until so-and-so's parents arrive? That kind of thing. You know, just having a little bit of, uh, of mindfulness about that situation, I think is, is important because nobody wants to be left in that situation. And, uh, and the last thing that you want is, is questions coming about anything like that. So to me, those are scary situations that I take very seriously and, um, and always try to avoid. So it's an idea of living above reproach, if that makes sense. Well, in today's society, we have to be aware of those things. We have to be mindful and think it through. And so we can't just, hey, we're going to go do this and not think about beginning, middle, and end of mm-hmm. something. Because mm-hmm. if we if we don't take take time with it, there's a potential for an accusation. And that's all it takes now is an accusation, and our ministry is destroyed. So those are scary situations. That's a very serious one, uh, but it's one I take very seriously. You know, and man, I wanted to add something to, you know, what you said a minute ago, because, and this will be the last thing I say, I really liked what you said about how to handle the word of God. I think that's a situation that we need to, again, it's a scary one. Um, We have to remember that as, as, um, as pastors. And if you're not listening to this, maybe you're just a volunteer that's, that's leading your, your student ministry, but you are given the task of teaching them like we are we are called to a particular task of handling god's word in a particular way that you know and that we don't just stand up and open god's word and shoot from the hip so to speak right, right. Um, and that is that is not a proper handling of god's word you know paul when writing to timothy in his second letter he says this in chapter 2 verse 15 he says do your best to present yourself to god as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. That's 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 pretty pointed when it yeah. comes to this particular point, uh, because you know the idea there is you don't want to be. I mean, I have to ask the question: Where does the shame come in? Where where could I be ashamed in that situation? Because I know that if, if, if I left it up to myself, if, if all I did was just stand up with an open Bible and, and, and I used a verse and then I just started telling Chris stories and I just started kind of shooting from the hip, all this kind of thing, you know, I might can get some kids to laugh. I might can have quote unquote, a, a good youth group night, but have I handled the word of God properly? Have Mm -hmm. I shown myself to be approved? In other words, I'm not being ashamed in front of the kids. I, I have no shame in front of them. They laughed at me. Where does the shame come in? You know, and so we have to we have to think more more deeply about this particular subject, I believe, because this is what we've been called to. Last night for us was fun. We had a hayride, we had hot dogs, we had s'mores, all that kind of thing. But the Lord did not call me to be an event coordinator. The Lord did not call me to be just a, a manager of a youth room and make sure that every Wednesday night uh, things go off without a hitch from six to seven. God ultimately called me to be a minister of his word, to be a steward, to be a, a person who handles his word correctly. And, and so 
uh, I agree with you, Dan. This is something that should make us tremble. Yeah. If we want yeah. to put it that way. And, and, it, and, and it should make us tremble to the point where we tremble toward Christ, that we trust him to lead us into all truth as we study and work to show ourselves approved. Of course, we know we're not trying to earn acceptance with God in this. The idea of approval here is, is to be someone who is doing things according to God's way, which is, I think, in full dependence upon Christ. Man, that's great. You know, there are a lot of scary things in student ministry. Um, we could probably make a, a much bigger list. And I'd encourage you, listener, if you... Um, are finding us through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, be sure and throw in the comments, hey, this is something that's scary to me in student ministry. We'd love to hear from you. But there are things like this, the handling of God's word, understanding that there are two things that are eternal in this life, God's word and the souls of men and women. And those are the things that we need to invest in. We need to invest in God's word, knowing it ourselves to be able to teach it and to share it. So we should be fearful if we're not doing a good job with that. And then the young men and women that God has placed under our, our watch, we need to be concerned about them. We need to pray for them, love on them, show them Jesus at every opportunity. And those are things that we need We need to be fearful of. You know, we're not supposed to be afraid of so many things, but we need to be concerned and focused on those matters that matter to him. Halloween is just a few days away. You may listen to this after Halloween, but understand that there's always going to be scary things in student ministry. There are going to be things that you're going to run into that are going to be problematic for you, and you don't know what to do. And so reach out to us, info at studentministrymatters.com, and we can get somebody in touch with you. We can share some things that we've gone through, that we've encountered, and perhaps help you as you step through that. Or go to Student Ministry Matters Community on Facebook, that group, join it, and then share some of those things online and get connected with other student ministry workers. Well, we do this. We talk about student ministry. We have these conversations all because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.